بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار in the opening raka'at of Salatu Tarawih, the verses commenced with a discussion of the munafiqeen and the hypocrites in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how they would make excuses uh, when they were not joining Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the activities of deen. And in between these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights or excludes a particular group from amongst the people of the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the category of the munafiqeen. Munafiq is a person who outwardly displays the image and the form of Islam, but conceals within his heart kufr and disbelief. And this is why it's not correct to call another person munafiq if you dislike him or you have a disagreement. This is also something very serious when people have some misunderstanding. They say, no, you're munafiq, you know. Whereas a munafiq in the terminology of sharia is a person who has concealed kufr in his heart. And this is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why in, in one of the verses also recited in the opening raka'at uh, of tarawih, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ مَرَدُوا عَلَى النِّفَاقِ لَا تَعْلَمُهُمْ نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُهُمْ There are some people in Medina who have been afflicted with the sickness of hypocrisy and nifaq. You do not know who they are, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows them. So alimul ghayb and the knower of the unseen is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, it would be very, very serious to label another person a munafiq or a kafir. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says in a hadith, مَنْ قَالَ لِأَخِيهِ الْمُسْلِمِ يَا كَافِرِ فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِهِ أَحَدُهُمَا That person who calls his fellow Muslim brother or sister, oh kafir, or he says this person is out of the fall of Islam, then one of these two most certainly would be out of the fall of Islam. If that person is justifiably out of the fall of Islam, then the statement is accurate. If not, then you have... You have labeled somebody with iman in his heart as a disbeliever, which then, in, which obviously negatively affects the iman of the person who makes the statement. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who does he highlight? In between these verses of the munafiqeen, he talks of as-sabiqoon al-awwaloon min al-muhajireen wal-ansar. Those of the sahaba radiallahu anhum who migrated in the early days with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and those who made their nusra and assisted them in Medina Munawwara. وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ And those who follow the way of the Sahaba. What is the status of these individuals? Allah says, رضي الله عنهم ورضوا Now, these are words that we commonly use. We hear this, رضي الله عنه, رضي الله عنه. We say these words also. But if you only understand, may Allah give me the understanding firstly to understand. What is the meaning of رضي الله عنه? When the word ridwan is attributed to Allah, it's the greatest bounty any person can be given. It's greater than Jannah itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when the people of Jannah will enter into Jannah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask them, is there anything that you need? They will say, oh Allah, you've given us everything. We do not have any sickness, no need, no defects. We are with our loved ones. What more can we ask for? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then announce, From today, my ridwan, that same radiyallah, that radiyallah which Allah announced for the sahaba, Allah says in Jannah it will be announced for the people of Jannah and I will never become displeased with you ever again. And 
the ulama say that that will be the, 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 the pinnacle of joy to the people of Jannah and it will be the lowest ebb of sadness and humiliation for the people of Jahannam because they know now there's no death to come in Jahannam and there's no death to come in Jannah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has announced which of the two groups he is pleased with. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has announced his ridwan for the Sahaba. Therefore, it is of utmost importance. Part of our creed and identifying ourselves as Muslims is, is affording the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, those who are in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the true honor and respect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has afforded them in the Quran. Allah has promised Jannah for them. And we find that the, the level of this rank and why it was impossible if you look in the, the books of history why it was impossible for them to have been a group of hypocrites was that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and they were described by the mushrikeen of Mecca when the mushrikeen would speak about the Sahaba and say how did you find the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi then they would say that when he makes wudu they don't allow the water to touch the ground they would be hastening to catch the water and, and, and rub it on their faces in a sahih hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Hajjatul Wada' in his final Hajj, he called Sayyidina Abu Talha radiallahu an and he told him to shave his hair. When you come out of the state of Ihram, then we, we shave and remove our hair. It's called halq. So he told Abu Talha that shave my hair and then he told Abu Talha take this hair and distribute it amongst the Sahaba. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were vying with one another to get one strand of the hair of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Khalid ibn al-Walid, the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mightiest warrior amongst the Sahaba, he had a few strands from the forelock of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he made like a small pouch and he would keep it inside his turban. Inside his turban and uh, he said whenever he went onto the battlefield and he was a person who desired dying in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, whenever I saw some, some turbulence and difficulty, I thought I can, I can enter into Jannah in that, that gathering. When he goes there, everybody else leaves the world and he comes back sound. And he says, Haythuma wajjahtuhu futihali. He said, if I, if I needed to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help, then the, the strands of hair of Rasulullah sallallahu which I had in my, in my headgear, I would turn it in that direction and victory was given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was a type of love they displayed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored them by sometimes making manifest in their lives miracles which will be perhaps witnessed afterwards in the, uh, in the advanced age of, 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 of the human beings. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab is standing on the mimbar and he's giving the khutbah and while he's addressing the congregation, he says, Ya Sariyatul Jabal. Now the word Sariya means pillar or column. But in this case, it is the name of a person. And Al Jabal means a mountain. So he's calling out, he says, Ya Sariyatu Al Jabala. O Sariya, watch the mountain. So now the people are looking, they're saying, there's nobody called Sariya in the gathering nor is there any mountain issue being discussed in the masjid. And at that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had conveyed the voice of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu to a group of sahaba who were about to be ambushed from the, from the rear, from the, side, the angle of the mountain which they were not paying attention to. And it was the day of Jumu'ah. When they returned, they said, O oh, Amirul Mu'mineen, when we were on the battlefield, we were not realizing that we were about to be outflanked 
and we heard your voice very clear in the, in the sky, saying, Ya Sariyatul Jabal. The ulama say this is one of the most authentic miracles which is, uh, uh, which is attributed to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum with a sound chain of, of transmission. So interacting and speaking to somebody without any apparent visible connection was something that we are familiar with. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed these type of miracles to become manifest and apparent on the hands of those people who dedicated their lives to the service of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who are being praised in this particular verse. There's another verse on the following page where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the mu'mineen and he says, And say to them, continue doing amal. O believers, continue practicing on deen and being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَسَيَرَ اللَّهُ عَمَلَكُمْ وَرَسُولُهُ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ Most certainly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees your actions. And the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will also see your actions. And the mu'mineen. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah states that if a person does anything, even if it be in the darkness of the night, if it is in the disobedience of Allah, that thing will be exposed sometime. May Allah protect us. And this is why the ulama used to make the dua, Ya alima sirri minna, la tahtika sitra anna, wa'afina wa'afu anna, wa kunlana haythu kunna. Ya alima sirri minna, oh, the, the knower of my secrets. I might have the outer ex- external appearance of somebody who is deen, who is on deen, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is, what is in the heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is lurking in the mind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is on the device. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what I see before I go and sleep. So, oh, that being that knows my secrets, la tahtika sitra anna. Oh Allah, we ask you not to expose our faults to people. And I just, I'm just remembering a beautiful dua, and you'll be amazed to know which dua it is. You know the dua, when we, when we come out of the toilet, we say, ghufranaka, alhamdulillahi alladhi adhaba anni al-adha wa'afani, ghufranaka. So one of the meanings of, of ghafara, is we ask Allah's forgiveness and pardon. Oh Allah, we ask you to forgive us. And the ulama say, because you are unable to take his name in that moments when you were in the toilet. So now you're coming out and you saying, Allah, forgive me. Those moments I spent, it was fulfilling a, a need and I was unable to take your name with my tongue. So I'm asking for forgiveness. But the muhaddithin give another beautiful meaning. They say another meaning of ghafara is to conceal and to cover. Like the helmet which is worn by a soldier in Arabic is called mirfar. It's called mirfar, the, the metal helmet which they, wear, they used to wear in the olden days. So the meaning of the dua, one of the meanings of the dua is that, Oh Allah, the way you concealed my private parts from the eyes of people while I was fulfilling this human need, I ask you to conceal my nakedness from the eyes of people at the time of other needs outside, whether it be in an accident, a person has to go to a hospital, and you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the barakah of this one dua, one word of ghufran, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to conceal. So we need Allah's protection to conceal our faults also, and also our nakedness and our private parts from being exposed at the time of, whether it be an accident or some difficulty or an emergency, then we make, via this dua, we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for for protection. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, continue doing amal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees your deeds. And on the day of Qiyamah, obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and all of mankind will see the deeds of, of one another. But in this world, in a hadith it is mentioned, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that your actions are presented to your family members who have passed on. Our family members who have left this world already, our good deeds and bad deeds are also presented to them that Muhammad Saleh, he did this and this in the past week. 
And if they see it good, they praise Allah. And if they see that we did wrong and disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can check the tafsir of Ibn Kathir if you want to verify what I'm saying. So if they, they are disappointed with what we did, then they make dua in their graves. They say, Allah, do not let him die until he is guided to the right path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. And in the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi says, That your actions are also presented to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if I see good deeds, I praise Allah and I thank Allah that this follower of mine did the obedience of Allah. And if I find contrary to that, then I ask Allah to forgive my ummah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is also shown the actions of the ummah. So therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, continue doing amal, but be aware that the actions, it's not only you. Like you get your account at the end of the month of the type of calls you made, or you get your, uh, you know, your print out of uh, what they call a tracker, all the places you stopped and started the engine. So Allah has shown us in the technology that we have, how the minutest detail can be documented and noted. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed the malaika to take down our actions, good deeds and bad deeds, maybe in the old days they used to think they're sitting with a pen and paper. But now you, you, you can imagine they might have more sophisticated devices to document whether it be a glance, whether it be a gesture, whether it be a word, whether it be a, a sigh. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, all these things are documented. Imam Nawawi in Kitabul Adhkar, he mentions that even making a gesture at somebody negatively or about somebody is also counted as ghibah. It's also backbiting. Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha was talking to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she mentioned one of her co-wives and she just indicated, she said, you know, the short, the short one. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Aisha, that one word, if it had to be mixed with the water of the ocean, it would contaminate the water of the ocean. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given these malaika, they can take down those things on a day of qiyamah, the, the memory card, what you call it, that the device is just plugged in and everything comes in front of you. Every person will know what is, what is his a'mal, good and bad. So continue doing a'mal. And when we make a mistake, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Sayyidina Abu When you make a mistake, try to do a good deed and ask Allah for forgiveness. The good deed that you do, so if we did something wrong, give some sadaqah. Smile with somebody, do a good deed. Inshallah, the effect of that good deed will wipe away the effect of the, of the sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our fasting and our standing and make it a means of our najat on the day of Qiyamah. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.